0: This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. Who is Chris Kessel? Well, Chris is a father, a husband, a youth soccer coach, a club president, and a board member with West Virginia Soccer Association. But why should you care about who Chris Kessel is? Well, because Chris is one of the most active, vocal, and progressive members of the American soccer community. He is fighting to improve access to the game and opportunities for players, coaches, and clubs across the country. This interview is just an introduction to Chris's work. I wanted to give you an idea of how Chris went from being just a regular old soccer dad to someone who is all in on fixing the broken American soccer system. If you want, you can connect with Chris on Twitter by searching at the Chris Kessel. That is Kessel with two S's and two L's. You can visit his website, which is ProRelForUSA.blogspot.com. Links to both of those are available on 343coaching.com. So you can find all of that stuff there. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify, or wherever you're listening. There's probably plenty that I'm missing there. Um, But wherever you're listening, subscribe. And you can also help other people find the show by giving it a five-star rating and review. This podcast is powered by the 343 Premium Coaching Membership Program. That is an online coaching university that provides ambitious coaches with the best coaching education for a fraction of the price of other licenses and courses that are out there. The 343 Membership Program uses its own powerful and proven methods to teach you how to coach possession-based soccer. Using 343's simple and effective tools, you can help unlock your true potential as a coach and the true potential of your players. It's a program that I have personally used and I fully endorse because I saw the results on the field. After implementing the 343 material, my team started to dominate possession, boss the opponents and completely control the game. And this program transformed the way that I coached and it can help do the same for you. When you sign up, you'll receive instant access to videos of real training sessions that guide you through the powerful core activities that can help you build the foundation for playing possession soccer. You also get access to real match footage, eBooks, audio lessons, recorded classroom presentations, and on-field clinics. But that's not all. Uh, You can also ask questions, share ideas, and accelerate your learning by tapping into the nationwide network of 343 Coaches using the members-only forums. So those are forums that are available only to members, and there are questions dating back to when we first launched the program five years ago, and you would be very, very surprised at all the topics that are covered in that, and they're all accessible 24-7 whenever you sign up. So you can visit 343coaching.com to learn more about the benefits of becoming a 343 member, or to sign up and start learning today. Once again, that is 343coaching.com. All right, uh, let's get into it. I hope that you enjoy this conversation with Chris Kessel. Man, Chris, there's so many things that we can talk about, but uh, I guess if you could just give you give everybody that's listening uh, just a brief introduction of, of who you are and and maybe just describe whatever you think best uh, suits you for you know, what people need to know about you and what you do. And then um, and then I, I want to pick you apart with some questions about some some of the recent uh, recent happenings, some stuff that you've been tweeting a lot about lately. So maybe we can start there with a little okay. introduction.
1: Okay, sounds good.
0: Yeah, go for it.
1: <laughs> um, well, you know, my name's Chris Kessel. I am a soccer coach, first and foremost. That's uh, actually what I love doing. I still play adult soccer. I am a need-to-fight referee. Just just finished my first season refereeing. I'm the president of a youth club. I'm the president of a called it's Westside Soccer Club. It's an inner city soccer up here in Charleston, West Virginia. I am the president of the Kanawha Valley Soccer League, which is a league with uh, 10 teams in it, or 10 clubs in it. It's the largest league in the state of West Virginia. It actually holds around 18% of the total soccer players for the entire state of West Virginia. And I am on the um, West Virginia soccer board, uh, you know, board. And I am the recreational soccer chair for the state of West Virginia also. Um, You know, I'm an advocate for change within American soccer, very vocally, very vocal. And, um, you know, really that kind of, all of that stuff is uh, what I do, but really what I enjoy the most is actually just coaching the kids from my neighborhood. If I could do just that and soccer work perfectly outside of it, that's all I would
0: do. yeah I've always been pretty inspired by the by the videos and and the and the posts that you that you share that. Are just about the the pickup games and and you know playing futsal in the gym with the with the little kids and, and stuff like that. That's always that's always been pretty inspiring, and I've always wondered how you have like all this time to do all this stuff because I've I'm I've been aware that that you are a part of you know multiple organizations and plus plus your day job and all kinds of stuff. So h- how do you make this all work, man?
1: Um. Well, you know, I have three kids of my own that are active soccer player. so luckily, you know, I'm already at the field anyways. so while they're playing and getting coached and doing whatever, I'm, I'm going to be there regardless of whether I'm watching or helping, so that, that helps, and I have a very supportive wife. She uh, allows me to go and do all this community service and stuff. And, you know, she's very supportive of me and my family is. And, you know, it's just a part of – our family is a part of our lives. You know, soccer is a big part of it. And um, we all enjoy it and getting out there. And they come and watch me play on the weekends, and I watch them play and coach. And it's just, you know, having a supportive family allows – somebody like me to be able to do all this stuff that I do because, you know, a lot of people involved with soccer this much get paid for part of it, and, you know, I'm every single thing that I do is volunteer. You know, I, this, uh, I get paid next week for my referee for the season, and that's going to be the very first pitch deck I've ever gotten from soccer in any way, shape, or form, and uh, me and my wife were laughing about that the other day, actually.
0: <laughs> and I'm sure that you're expecting a million dollar paycheck because referees make way too oh, much yeah. money. Uh, yeah, it's,
1: it's going to be great. And I think maybe I can afford to take all five of it the dinner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. That would be that would actually be a, a, a decent referee paycheck if that's if that's what you get. Yeah. Um. You you, you kind of hinted at. You know, you're you're interested in in helping solve some of the problems that, that we face in American soccer. And you, you hinted at, you know, if, if you could just coach the kids in your neighborhood and everything outside of that work perfectly, that you'd be okay with that. But obviously you've, you've decided to get more involved and, and you're one of the most vocal and, and probably most known, um, soccer, us soccer, I'll say advocates. Cause I, I would say that you're advocating for, for us soccer as a whole. Um, not necessarily Federation, but American soccer as a whole, and you're you're one of the most known on social media for sure but I, I guess what I'm curious about chris is is when did you start seeing some of the cracks in in American soccer when did you start seeing some of the faults and and when did you decide to to start doing something about that?
1: okay, so like when I very first started first seeing the faults what When I started coaching my oldest daughter's team, I had just been a soccer dad for a few years. And uh, to back it up just for a minute, like my best friend from college was like an All-American running back. And um, we worked together. We were 4-H agents together. And he coached football, right? And he was like, Chris, you're great with the kids. I need you to come and help me coach football. Like, Mike, I don't know anything about football. Like, he was like, you know what you're good at is putting your arm around the kid and telling him it'll be all right after I yell at him for them messing up. And I said, okay, I can do that. So I coached football with them for a couple of years, for a few years. And then, so I was, you know, you, you get sucked into the culture of they, all the, the coaches are so supportive of each other and they want to talk shop all the time. And, you know, just they want to develop players and see them progress through The kids knew exactly. You go play Midget League football, and then you play middle school, then you play high school, then you play college, and then you play in the NFL. They all knew the pathway. They all, I mean, and even though I was helping with a less than 12 year old kid, you could see the pathway. Like, I saw kids progress through the stages and make it to play big time college football, right? And, um, even though I just played the super small little part of helping, you know, their, them not quit. That was basically my job, you know, but I saw how it worked. And when I started coaching soccer again, because I'd actually coached it a really long time ago with my younger brother. And, uh, I came back to it. So I'm committed to being the best coach that I could be. I'm, um, you know, doing all the research I can do, uh, I mean, obviously, I played growing up for, you know, a long time, and, and I wanted to be a good coach. So I'm doing all this research. I'm following all these coaches on social media, and I'm watching all these YouTube videos. and I'm taking U.S. soccer courses and doing everything that I can to to be the best coach because I understand that I've volunteered to coach these kids, and these kids deserve the best experience that they can possibly have, even though I'm not getting paid. I, they, they deserve that for me. So I'm out there, and I'm doing all this, and the team starts to, the girls start to get better, and the team starts to get a lot better. And after a few seasons, we start playing in a bunch of little local tournaments and stuff. And, uh, you know, we're beating, you know, the pay-to-play clubs. And I'll never forget A team drove down here from Ohio. They drove like three or four hours, and they played against us. So remember, I'm just coaching kids from the neighborhood. Whoever showed up, I coached. And um, we picked up brakes off of them. I mean, we probably complete, this was like June 9, and we probably complete 150 passes, and we just thoroughly own the game, right? And a parent yells across the field at their coach, who's obviously, they've obviously been talking on the other sideline, we drove all the way out here to get, get beat by a damn wreck team. And, you know, I was like, this is insane how this is working, Right. And I, where I saw how football worked, everybody knew the pathway. Everybody knew it. They knew how to get to the top. And I'm trying to figure out how do I help these girls get from where they are to the next level, whatever the next level is for them. There was no pathway. Like, the pathway equaled they left me and went and paid a bunch of money to drive around and play in a bunch of tournaments and hope to get seen by the right person and maybe get beat by some, you know, uh, dude from West Virginia who everybody would laugh at because he doesn't have a U.S. soccer A license who just out-coached, you know, who developed some players and, you know, out-coached your team. Like, and it just, that's when it really, really dawned on me that, like, things absolutely have to change because, no matter what i did i couldn't help the kids from my neighborhood
0: no, whereas
1: in every other sport i could help them
0: it's really a, it's an important observation and one of the things and i'm going to sound like an asshole for saying this chris and i and i understand it but i think it's i, I think it is kind of an important question one of the things that that yeah. came to mind as you were talking is how many how many people that sound like you have been part of the the U.S. men's national team and, and and the thought came from like how many kids from your neighborhood or how many kids from your area can look to the national team and, and see that somebody like them has been there before and and I can't I, I, I can't think of like Zero.
1: I can, um, I can answer it for you yeah I can answer it for you Zero. Zero. um. There has never been a player from the state of West Virginia uh, played on the full national team. There's been one player from the state of West Virginia, and I'm having the biggest brain for because I didn't expect to answer this question today, that's played on a youth national team. He was a goalkeeper. I can't remember what his name is. And this was a long time ago. Like, he's in his mid-30s, early 30s at this point. So it was at least 15 years ago. So one player since the youth national team program started from
0: the state of West Virginia. Yeah. And I, I hope that question didn't come off as bad, but it's just like, you know, when you're talking about the pathway and role models and, and things like that, like g- giving kids kind of like a, like a North star, like, Hey, like, like who, whose tracks can I follow or who, who whose right. path can I follow? Yeah. If the, if, if that doesn't exist and it sounds like you, you figure that out, um, as you were as you were getting started coaching with with your daughter, it's like then that 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 starts to open the door to a a, a lot of other questions, and it sounds like you've just continued to not only just open doors, but just beat down doors and and, and continue asking questions, and and that's kind of gotten you to where where you are today, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean that that's exactly what happened. So like that was that was exactly what happened. I just started going well. How can I help? How can I help? And I started looking and reading, and then it's like, okay, you know, this is happening. Why does this happen? Let me read these bylaws. Let me look into this. How can I fix that? And then the next thing you know, and that's what led basically all of these positions. Like, so I was doing that coaching for a different club in my in the city here, and um, the club that I'm the president now, which is actually my neighborhood club. I didn't even know it existed. It was so small that they only had, like, three teams of kids, right? And I didn't even know it existed. So they their president was stepping down, and somebody asked me, like, Chris, I know you're really into soccer, and, you know, you're doing all this, and you're doing all that. Can you can you help? Because by then, I'd already started doing, like, these free weekly skills clinics. I did them every Wednesday night. Whoever showed up, I coached them. It was just foot skill. It was basically doing small group work that people were charging 50 or $75 an hour for. I was doing it for free. So they were like, can you come over here and help? So I went over, met with a, a couple people that were the little board. And I took over and I moved there. And I was like, man, I didn't even know this was going on. I moved stuff over there. This past season, we've grown from 15 kids to 167 kids since I took over. And then... From my work there, where I'm on the board, where I'm the president of that, I became on the board of the league. And then I'm asking all these questions at every board meeting. And I'm basically, it takes a little while for people to go, hey, you're not an asshole. You're just really trying to help. You know, and I think that that's where a lot of people, you know, struggle with people that are trying to make change, is that they're not assholes. They're just asking questions that people don't either know how to answer or want to answer or feel crazy that they've never even thought to ask these simple questions. And as it went along, I became on the board there, then became on the board of West Virginia Soccer. And that asking these questions and doing the stuff that you were talking about right there is exactly where how I got to here and how I learned everything because – I didn't have like a mentor or I haven't been involved with, you know, managing soccer at any level for 20 years. Like a lot of these people that are in charge, I just go headlong into trying to learn and educate myself.
0: What you, what you just mentioned though about these kind of like career board members is is kind of how I refer to them. People that have just been, you know, board members forever and ever and ever. Um, uh-huh. they they are the ones like you, like you mentioned don't like to answer those questions or they didn't they didn't think or they haven't thought to to address those problems the way that that you're now addressing them and they try to use yeah. their experience oh i've been here for 10 years or i've been here for 15 20 30 years whatever their number is right and they try to use that as like as this um, position uh, to, to position themselves above you, like who, like hey, new guy, like like settle down, like you, we don't need to be answering your questions. You're you're the new guy, but it's it's their yeah. failure to address those questions and address those problems over the course of their uh, career uh, as board members that has kind of led us to this place now, and 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 it's the lack of questions throughout probably the the '90s, late '90s and the early two thousands and, and you know, till now that, you know, it's the, the lack of questions and the lack of people that, that have wanted to dig deep and investigate and, and get to the bottom of things that has put us in this position that we're in now that I think it's, everybody can agree. We're not in a great spot for us soccer outside of maybe, you know, finance or where we stand financially uh, as, as a federation or, or, or things like that or, uh, marketing, things like that. But, you know, as a whole, I think the consensus would be that we're we're, we're nowhere near our, our potential. And that's in large part due to these career-type board members that don't ask the questions and, and, and don't like to answer them.
1: I, I absolutely agree with you. You know, big um, people involved in the uh, day-to-day management of soccer in this country are worried about, you know, how do we just keep making the organization exist? There, I haven't really came across very many. I have came across some. So, like, that's why, like, I always try to make sure that I state it this way. Because there are really good people involved with soccer in this country. I've met lots and lots of them that really, really care. But they we have a lack of very knowledgeable visionary leaders Um, when it comes to soccer in this country. We have lots and lots of people who are really good at following the rules. And following the rules when somebody else is setting the rules and they don't necessarily have everyone's best interest at heart is how you end up where we are. You know, like if you're you know, from whatever organization you're from, and you really care about helping kids, and they set the rules for you, you follow the rules. You know, because why would somebody from U.S. soccer, or why would somebody from U.S. youth soccer, or U.S. club, or, or whatever organization, you know, I'm not pinning this on anybody specifically, why would they do something that wasn't what well, was in the best interest of kids? You know, and That's where we are. Like, lots of people, you know, that have been involved with the long-term strategic management of the sport haven't done what is best for the sport. They've done what's best for their organization. And um, so all the people, like you talked about, these career people, they're really just interested in following the rules. Like, I don't want to put the negative – Um, you know, morality on it of they're trying to hurt the game, but they don't really do anything other than follow the rules. And sometimes the rules, you know, aren't what's best for it because the person that made the rules isn't really looking out for what's, you know, looking out for the game.
0: Yeah, it's, it's difficult sometimes to talk about, the good people that are that are in soccer because like you mentioned I also think there are are plenty of great people that are involved in in American soccer um there there's just there's just tons of tons and tons and tons of great people out there that does not necessarily mean that, that those people are doing what's best for the game though. And, and so right. I, I guess a lot of times we get stuck with, or, or, or we we limit ourselves because we don't want to talk poorly or talk badly about somebody that is really like a, a good hearted person, but yeah. they also are not helping move the game forward and they're just a rule follower or they, they are uh-huh. um, reinforcing policies that really are are holding this country back and and, and it's not that these yeah. people do this maliciously it's not that people do this with the intention to hurt somebody it's just that a yeah. lot of times people too don't even realize what they're doing is wrong or um the the impact the bigger impact that they have on the not only our our, our national soccer scene but even a global soccer scene um yeah. In some regards. So it's it's it is it is a little bit difficult to, to to think about, you know, how many good people are in there and then still how many of those good people just really aren't good for the game. And it's hard to position yeah. it like that.
1: Yeah, and you know, and that's that's why, you know, I, I know that you see me and we've talked about this. You know, the US needs visionary leaders, you know, when it comes to the game. They need people that can see where the game should be and how can we get there and we don't have a lot of those we have lots of people that can say this is how i can help my organization well you know is that really what's best for the game Uh, you know quite often that's not what's best for the game what's best for the game may be in the short term what's bad for your organization but in the long term it's going to help everyone and we should all I mean, realistically, if you're involved with this game and you really care about it, and you care about the members of U.S. soccer and Cal South and whoever, like if you care about those people, you're going to do what's best for soccer, even though it might hurt your organization a little bit.
0: I'm going to read just one line from one of your tweets earlier today, and and then I kind of want to get into maybe some specifics about what's going on in the American soccer world right now. But you, you ended okay. one of your tweets earlier with keep speaking up. We have to stop this. And then you used a couple yeah. different hashtags. So reform USSF. And then you hashtag pro real for USA. So yeah. w- when you say something like keep speaking up and, and we have to stop this, what should people know right now? What, what should people be speaking up about or what should they be listening to? And then uh, what, what should they be trying to stop?
1: So, you know, currently there is um the the CEO position of US Soccer is about to come open and um a lot of people are within the upper levels of US Soccer are advocating for uh Jay Burhalter to get that position. And, um, he's currently, I don't remember his exact title, but he's the commercial director of, uh, U.S. soccer. He handles all the commercial deals. And, um, he, in my opinion, and many people's opinion within U.S. soccer, is a, uh, a bad choice. He creates a culture around the organization that's very negative and, um, he runs good people off and it just a, a lot of things. And I, I've had several discussions with him, and, and uh, I haven't came away um, enjoying those discussions. And uh, if uh, about a little over a week ago, I started tweeting out links to um, Glassdoor reviews. Glassdoor is this website where you can review um, your job and your, the organization you work for. I had actually been sent an anonymous email from somebody within U.S. Soccer that told me to check for these. Otherwise, I would have never looked. At another individual on Twitter uh, had gotten the same thing, and we exchanged some DMs, and we both started trying to check with U.S. Soccer people that we knew, and we heard that they, this was true, that these were real things. This wasn't just some guy you know, making up things on this website. So screen captured a whole bunch of them started tweeting them out. And, um, they were just really, really negative reviews about the culture that's within the organization. And it's caused by him and other upper upper level people within us soccer. And they talked about how many of them talked about how these same people don't do what is right for the game in the country. They do what's right for themselves and maybe U.S. soccer. And um, we have to make sure that this position is filled by somebody external to U.S. soccer that is going to look at what U.S. soccer is supposed to be doing, which is making soccer the preeminent sport in this country. And actually fulfill that mission statement. And that's not going to be done from somebody within U.S. soccer right now. And we have to keep speaking up. There was an article in the New York Times today about these, you know, um, reviews. NBC Sports put out an article today about it as well. And um, we have to pressure, you know, regular people can still – put pressure on the organization by constantly talking about things and constantly just basically raising a stink. And if you're involved with, you know, anything, if you're, you know, a coach or a club director or on a state board or whatever, I'm sure that you have thousands of those that listen to your, you know, podcast, they can send emails to their state associations and they can send emails, you know, to us soccer and say, Hey, you know, the board of directors, all of their emails are out there. You can find every single one of them online. And you can all send emails and say, hey, you represent us, you know. You represent, you know, that my organization or me as a person, as a player, as a coach, you know, or whatever, you know. Do what's right for soccer in this country. Pick somebody external to this country. Let's chart a new path, a new course, and let's change U.S. soccer. Let's fix it.
0: Yeah, uh, one thing I, I've said for a long time is is that people probably underestimate how valuable and how loud their their own voice is. Um, within the the greater conversation of of American soccer and and people think that you know some, some tweets or or some of that stuff is invisible. It's like no, absolutely not. That that they see everything and they hear everything and and they feel the heat when yep. when, when when we turn it up as as a collective on on social media after a, a poor performance or. After uh, after an election or 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 um, thing things of that nature, it's like they 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 feel the heat and and they design ways to uh, to get themselves out of it. And I, and I think one of the um, I think one of the lines from that New York Times article was um, something from from an anonymous U.S. soccer employee saying that they're probably just going to wait it out and then announce Jay as. Uh, this, the new CEO later, what meaning that kind of like they're going to weather the storm and then later on they're going to announce it. And, and they've kind of learned that tactic uh, works because for whatever reason, the topic of the day changes and, and, you know, we on social media or or we as fans start to pay attention to something else. And then all of a sudden it kind of clears the, clears the lane for them to, to, you know, move somebody like this forward in, in this type of position. and, and, I think without all of the pressure from from the general um, general public and the fans and and whatnot, after that the getting bounced from the 2018 World Cup qualifying, if we wouldn't have put that pressure on American soccer or on U.S. soccer's leaders, then we wouldn't have had a, a, a change at all. And some, some might argue that there hasn't really been a change, but we we wouldn't have seen anything change at all. But because we had so much pressure from social media, from top to bottom, every little voice helped in in getting that little change that we got. And so I I, I think people should understand that, you know, every, every little tweet, every blog post, everything, everything really does matter. And, and, And the more of it that is out there, I think the better. I don't know how you feel about that.
1: No, I 100% feel the same way. Look, what is, what is this? The squeaky wheel gets the grease. I mean, like phrases like that don't stick around for generations for no reason, you know. And just as somebody who is now involved with you know administering the game at a couple levels, the last thing I want to do is get eight, ten, fifteen emails from. You know, somebody angry about something, you know, a rule change or whatever. And um, could you imagine being, you know, on the board of U.S. Soccer and getting a thousand emails about this?
0: Yeah, would like, be crazy.
1: <laughs> that would be, that was an avalanche. You wouldn't be able to do anything else. Your email would be totally full because you got a thousand emails about this. And that's what could happen. Like, that could happen, you know. And that should happen. If you care about this game in this country, and you want to see it change in your lifetime, and this—I've said this—I've said this a lot privately. Um, like this period of time that we're going through right now, this previous election where Gulati was removed, we missed the war, the men's World Cup, you know, um, the, the United States women's national team. While they still might win the world cup this time, you know they are obviously being caught, and they, you know, they're not head and shoulders above everybody else. After watching the Spain game yesterday, and you know the, the upheaval and so much of how youth soccer is working, and the 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 D A versus E C N L versus you know all these other leagues and the regional leagues and the the cups and you know registration wars and everything and there's more upheaval within U.S. soccer right now than there has been in, you know, a generation. And this change of CEO and a vice presidential election for U.S. soccer coming up again next AGM. and what just happened two years ago, or a year and a half ago, with Carlos Cordero becoming president, we are in a period of transition within soccer in America, like never before, and people are becoming more educated about the inner workings of how, I mean, look, seven, eight years ago, I probably didn't even, I didn't even know U.S. soccer existed, to be honest, you know, who who knew, you know, you knew the national team existed, and you knew, you know, all that stuff, but did you really know how it worked, you know, I didn't. How many people out there don't, every time that you send out a tweet and you put something on um, Facebook or Instagram and it shares a link and it's educational and 20 or 50 people read it, that's 20 or 50 people that didn't know before. And, you know, every time you send an email in that puts pressure on the Federation at some level, you know, that's something that they have to deal with. And if we can continue educating people and continue getting people to become advocates, we can cause change within this organization. I mean, we can. I, I 100% believe it. If I didn't believe it, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at and going to the AGMs and voting for Eric the last, you know the last
0: election and whatever
1: just because I decided I wanted to try to change things
0: your trajectory uh, from, you know, just soccer dad to, to now, you know, being in a position where you're having you, like you mentioned, you're having conversations, multiple conversations with this, with uh, kind of like the acting CEO of, of us soccer or, or the commercial director of us soccer it is quite amazing. And so when you say something like, um, or, you know, a message out there to to other people like, Hey, like, you know, you can do this too. It's like, (laughs) they absolutely can. And so earlier we talked about pathways and you know, what, what, what path a a player can, can follow. And and if people are looking for a path to follow, to get involved in in soccer in a greater capacity, I think you're also a good, a, a good North star when it, when it comes to that, because they can just look at the way that you've just continued to, to, Ask questions and continue to get more involved in your local community, and then your greater community, and then your state, and then at a national level. And I think that's a, pr- a pretty damn good playbook for people that are that are wondering, "Hey, how could I do it?" So I, I just want to commend you, man. And I, 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 and I want to say too, this is I think the first time we've ever spoken on the phone. So th- this was a, a long time coming, and I appreciate you making time for this. And and we could probably you know have a conversation once a week and and not get to the bottom of a lot of things.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm super happy. To you. I listen to your podcast all the time, and I love it. I mean, you've had some amazing guests, and you do a great job, you know, interviewing these people. And you deserve all the accolades that you get, you know, that that you, and the love that you get on social media for doing such a great job. And I appreciate you.
0: Well, you know, a, a lot of it isn't love. A lot of it's tough love. A lot of people talk a lot of shit to us, and and they don't they don't like the stance <laughs> that we have. And, and you know. I'm okay with it. Uh, I, I'm okay with with being a little bit of like a ruckus maker and, and and you know just peeling back one little layer at a time, so more and more people can see what's going on. And I've I've said this I don't know how many times, countless times that I, I only see people moving in one direction. I, I, I only see people moving um in, in the direction of. MLS and, and US soccer and American soccer is in trouble and we and, and we need to find ways to fix it. I don't see a lot of people uh, moving in the direction of US soccer is great, MLS is great, and, and everything is okay, and we should just continue the course. I don't see people moving in that direction at all. So um, I, I'm I'm happy with with progress that we're making. I just think that we have a lot more progress that 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 is uh, on the horizon. A lot a lot more progress that we can still make.
1: Yeah, I, I'm on board with you. I, I agree. And every day, I mean, every day, you see more people, you know, you know, pulling in the same direction. We need to have change, and this is how I help, you know. And it, I, I remember, look, I mean, I don't know how much longer we had to talk here, but it, <laughs> I, I remember when I first started talking about promotion and relegation and system reform and all this, and, and I was trying to work through learning and you know uh, what's holding us back and I was trying to, and I first started talking about it on social media like there were only a few dozen people talking about it in my opinion you know like and only just a couple were talking about it all the time you know and this is only like 5 years ago like this isn't even a long time ago like twitter had discussion but it wasn't tons and tons now It's every day, all day. It's probably, I mean, would you agree with this? When it comes to American soccer, it's the third most talked about subject on American soccer Twitter behind the men's national team and the women's national team.
0: Absolutely. No, 100%. There's no player.
1: There's no player. There's no club. There's no league. There's no team. There's no anything that draws the conversation and constant back and forth and you know, everything about it, other than the two national teams. Those It's the only two things bigger in American soccer. And that lets you know what people, you know, the direction that we're going. Just like you said, more people are joining the conversation every day. And it's people like you and people like, you know, that write articles and share them and do, you know, blogs and, you know, podcasts and everything that are, they're driving people to the conversation. And, you know, hopefully now, Everybody's gonna get fired up about making help helping make sure that US soccer has the correct CEO chosen. I mean it's not like I have somebody that I would like to see, I just have the person I don't want to see, you know. the somebody good chosen that helped push us forward. You know, do we really wanna get behind a guy that maybe will be in this job for twenty years and keep us where we are?
0: Yep. No, I I think um the, the amount of, of public pressure, both on social media and, and just in, in, in real life. I, I don't know how else to describe that, but uh, w- without that, without that public pressure, you wouldn't have seen a, a, an actual election. Uh, like a, um, what do they called it <laughs> with, with, with more than one contender. I don't know the, the right yeah. way to describe that in political terms, but you know, you, you, you wouldn't have seen a, a you know, eight candidates step forward and, and and try to run for, for American soccer, U S soccer president. Uh, you, you wouldn't see, in, in my opinion, without those conversations about promotion relegation, you wouldn't see USL mobilizing the way that they are in, in, in setting up all these different divisions. I think that in large part is due to the, the way that the, the public has shaped the conversation about American soccer and what is lacking. And so they're trying to figure out, you know, how they can kind of mimic it. Um, i I don't i don't think you see that without the 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 conversations that we're having and 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 those conversations are only growing every single day like we've both mentioned and so just you know i I guess i just want to encourage people to just continue speaking up even if it's just a little response to somebody's tweet or um you know a a blog post a podcast whatever writing writing an article in your local newspaper educating like i i really liked what um uh arch bell said to me he's a reporter he writes for mark uh, uh, usa but he, he said that he has conversations about it you know just at his daughter's soccer game or at his kid's soccer game on the sidelines and he's just educating one parent at a time and i think that's a beautiful way to do it so just whatever we can do to, to just continue growing the conversation about you know what is going on in american soccer informing people and then and then hoping that they they carry the torch too
1: totally on board with you we're 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 rowing in the same direction <laughs> right now
0: for we are <laughs> I, hey Chris um, where can people connect with you and where can people learn more about you and, and what you're up to uh,
1: you can follow me on Twitter at the Chris Kessel it's P-H-R-A-T-H-E C-H-R-I-S K-E-S-S-E-L-L um I have a uh, blog that's uh rail dot blogspot com and um you know, you, you can actually have me on Facebook, Chris Kessel. I still have room for, uh, you know, 1,500 more friends on there. You know, I'm just – it's everywhere across social media. You can find me. I accept, you know, all the friends on Facebook and Twitter as long as, uh, you know, you're interested in, you know, not being a jerk to me. I don't block people, but, you know, so – You know, just, I'd love to have more conversations with people and, you know, just follow me, share the articles, share other people's articles and, you know, I retweet all the time. So if you say good stuff, I'm going to retweet you too.
0: Just amplify voices, man. I think that's an important job.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, Chris. Well, uh... I appreciate your time, man, and and please continue doing what you're doing. And and you know you've made massive progress. I think in in maybe seven years. I think that's the time frame you you kind of laid out. But you know seven years to 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 now, massive massive progress, man. And so that it's it, it paints a, a good picture for the future. I think if you, if you continue going in the direction that you're going. Well, yeah. Like I
1: said, thanks for having me on, and I, I appreciate your time.
0: All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 podcast and a big thank you to our sponsor, Bounce Athletics. I also want to leave you with one note from one of our members of the 343 coaching education program. His name is Thomas and he's been a member for quite a while. And this is what he had to say. If you want to play insanely good with your team and start to understand the possession and positional game, this will give you a head start. I have tried the material on three ordinary teams. And after a year, they totally dominate the local teams. After two years, they are among the best in the region. The program 343 offers is not a complicated curriculum. It's actually simpler than you might think. But instead of more, you have to go deep in every detail. Thomas, thank you so much for that beautiful review, and I hope that everybody else finds that valuable. If you want more information about the 343 Coaching Education Program, the program that helps support and fund this podcast, you can visit 343coaching.com. All right, we'll catch you guys next time here on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening.